0: You are listening to episode 23 of the Travel Snacks podcast. A podcast about eating, dating, travel tips, and living a courageous lifestyle. I'm Allison Sharp, your snacking host. In today's episode, I talk about finding Wakanda, what happened at the devil's throat, and what a coat he is, all from inspiring Iguazu Falls, Argentina. Hello, lovers, and welcome back to another episode of Travel Snacks. Now, before we get started... Unless you're driving, I want you to pause and hit the subscribe button because we're a family and that's what family and friends do. They support each other. And I want you guys to know every time I upload a new episode. So if you're watching on YouTube, also hit the little bell notification and then you'll know every time a new one comes up for you. So last time I left you in episode 21, I was in the jungles of Puerto Iguazu, Argentina. Now I recorded a very long episode regarding that, but it got too long and it was a lot to edit so I decided to break it up into two parts and this is part two. So if you haven't listened already, you don't have to, but if you want to hear the story about Puerto Iguazu, which is the city where Iguazu Falls is, then definitely listen to episode 21 or watch it on YouTube. So let's jump right in. so besides all that the relaxing hotel the massage and everything the rain the main reason people go to iguazu is for iguazu falls so iguazu falls is the largest waterfall system in the world So if you think about Niagara Falls, just think much, 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 much larger than that. And that's what you have in Iguazu Falls. So Iguazu Falls is on two countries. It's on the Argentinian side and on the Brazilian side. So I wanted to start out in the Argentinian side because I was already in Argentina. And this is supposedly where you get the bigger or the better view of the falls. So I decided to go to Iguazu National Park, which is where you find the waterfalls. I wanted to make a whole day of it, but sometimes you just get a little procrastinating, if you know what I mean. And I only had four days in Iguazu, and the day that I had planned to go to the Iguazu National Park, it was a Saturday. And I had been working all week. I was tired, and I just decided to sleep in. That's just really the simple facts there. And that's not something that I typically do, but I must have been tired, especially getting a deep tissue massage the night before. I was just done and I was feeling so good and my skin was glowing. I felt so nice. I had that wonderful balcony and I just wanted to like relax and sleep in. So I did so. And by the time I got up, I still had to get ready. I forget now, but either the bus or the national park didn't take credit cards. So I had to stop at an ATM and get Argentinian pesos. So first of all, I had to find where that was. Then I found that, which was out of the way. And then I had to go back to the main street. And then I had to go down a mile to the bus station. The bus ticket was a round trip ticket for six US dollars. And the bus runs, I think it's two times an hour or every 20 minutes or something like that. So it's pretty consistent. So I got on the bus, I sat next to a Frenchman, and we had a broken conversation, but it was really nice. Him and his wife were on a trip together, vacationing, and it was just really nice, super nice guy. So as we're driving, he's like, oh yeah, we've already been to the national park and this is our second day, because when you go to the national park and you buy a ticket, when you walk out, you can get your ticket stamped, and so if you come back the next day, it's half off. So that was a great thing. But we got to talking, and he's like, yeah, you know, the only thing is that you have to make sure you have your passport. And I was like, "Mm, my passport's back at the hotel. And we were almost to the National Park by then on the bus. I was like, man. So I put it in my mind. I was super positive and putting my good vibes. I was like, nope, I'm going to be let in. It's going to be not a problem. I'm going to get there, and it's going to be great. So I walked right up with my confidence, and I just put my money down and I was like, one please. And she's like, your passport, please. And I was like, "Hmm." well, I have my driver's license and she kind of looked at me a little bit funny, but I think she was just like, wanted to get her day just continuing. So I just put my driver's license, which I had in my purse. I just put it down. And typically in other countries, they don't usually use your driver's license because they don't know what those look like in every country. It could be a fake. How would they know? So, she accepted it. I, my positive vibes worked out. So I got in the park. So I really had to like push to get a lot of things in while I was in there. The thing is though with me is I like history in the sense of like I like to kind of know the backstory of things. So me, I didn't go straight to the falls. I went into the visitor center, which I don't know any people that really do that. When you go somewhere and there's like a nice visitor center and you walk through the little museum and stuff. I don't really like museums, but this one kind of called to me and I just wanted to know a little bit more of the backstory. So I went and walked through and I was taking my time and then I was reminding myself, girl, you got to get going. Like you only have a limited time here. So I walked through, I learned about the stages of the forest. I enjoyed learning about it, but I didn't enjoy what I learned because basically back in the day, it used to be like a really lush, wonderful landscape. And then dang on humans come through with their progressive life and they brought in their tractors in the forestry what do they call it they call it like um deforestation where they the lumber industry basically comes through and they cut out on the trees and just make it all bad for everybody i try not to get too political and stuff because the thing is is like people use wood to build things and i know we all benefit from that i mean life progresses okay i get it but it's just sad and before all this the inhabitants of this area were the Guarani, Ind- the Guarani Indians. They inhabited the area until the Spanish came through and just kind of was like, yo, you got to go. And the Spanish kind of took over. So that kind of sucks. But there are still Guarani people, not only in Iguazu, but in Paraguay as well. And you can tell they have a certain look to their face. Like their bone structure is real strong. Um, I saw some Guarani people there. While I was visiting, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, I knew I had to get going because my day was getting shorter and shorter. So, as I was walking, these furry little creatures just like rolled through right by my feet, and I was like, What is this? And they were a raccoon like animal called a coati. Look it up, it looks like a little raccoon with a, with a long nose, like an anteater kind of looking thing. And these are just randomly just walking around everywhere. They'll come right up to you. They want you to feed them, but there was a lot of signs saying, don't feed them. They will die. So definitely don't feed them, but they would come sit on the bench next to you, come run over your feet and they were cute and fuzzy, but I wouldn't want to get too close because they are probably gonna bite your hand and that's not gonna be fun. But one of the main things that I knew I had to see was this big gigantic waterfall called the Garganta del Diablo. And if you translate that, I don't like what it's called. It's called the devil's throat. So as a Christian, I don't like anything to do with devils or demons or any kind of bad negative spirit things. And I try to stay away from anything that has to do with any of those things. And I was like, man, like I really wanna see this, but I don't want to be going somewhere called the devil's throat. So I looked up, why is it called that? Like, why would they call it that? And to my understanding, because these Guarani people, they used symbols and mythology and things like that in the past, so they named it. And I want to tell you guys some history. So the word Iguazu comes from the Guarani or Tupi language, and it means big water. So that's appropriate because it's a big water system. I present to you the Buenos Aires cityguide.com account of Iguazu Falls. Let's read. For those of you that can't see, I just put on my glasses dramatically. Prior to the arrival of the Spanish, the land around Iguazu Falls belonged to the Guarani Indians. Every year, the Guarani tribe would sacrifice a beautiful virgin to the serpent god that lived in the Iguazu River. Usually, these women were bred to be sacrificed, and no one protested as these girls were thrown into the river. Now, that is just wrong. So, basically, these girls would be born, and if they were pretty, they would be raised to be the sacrifice. And plus, they're virgins. That means they never get to have sex. So, you're basically born, look pretty, can't even have sex, and then you get thrown into a river. That's not cool. This is not starting off to a good point. But let's continue. Nype, however, was not one of these condemned girls. She was to be married to Tarabu, a great warrior from a neighboring tribe. Oh, so she gets to mar- get married and have sex. So a few weeks before the marriage ceremony, Nipe was walking near the river and my boy, I'm not even kidding. That's how it's spelled. It's M-apostrophe-B-O-I. My boy. That's actually pretty funny. My boy not my boy, but my boy, saw her reflection in the water. The serpent god thought she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen and demanded that the Guarani tribe give her to him. What a total jerk. The elders, this is why, let me tell you, this is why he can't be any kind of god because he's too demanding and too just chauvinistic. So no, he's not, but we'll just keep going. And especially if he's the serpent god, this is like a snake. That just actually makes sense at this point. Anyway, the elders of the tribe were too afraid to upset my boy because his father was Tupa, the supreme god of all. I don't think so, but okay. So they made arrangements to sacrifice Naipi a day before she was to be united with Terabu. That is rude. Do you know how much goes into planning a wedding? And you're telling me the night before, they're going to be like, you know what? You're not going to marry this handsome strong warrior from the neighboring tribe which you've probably been dating and getting along with and having good times with. No. This dude, my boy, he saw you, he wanted you, he gets to have you, and that's just the end of that. So we're just going to sacrifice you or give you actually to this this person, this serpent god person. Nipee was devastated as she wa- and as she and Terabu were madly in love. Oh, Taruba. Taruba was furious and believed he could rescue Naipe from the grim fate. The lovers made arrangements to meet at the Iguazu River and run away. Unfortunately, Maboy saw Naipe climbing into a canoe and raced to catch up with them. So this is like a car chase, but in a canoe. Taruba, the warrior, rode as hard as he could. I bet he had glistening muscles and everything. Oh. I could just picture this already as he could and he was paddling so much and what and he was able to get a few feet of space between them and the serpent this made my boy so mad that his body expanded to the size of the river it's getting crazy so imagine now that's frightening a snake that's as big as a river no I'm not down for that he slithered and squirmed, causing the river to form new curves and the little canoe to rock back and forth. When Taruba wouldn't give up, Maboy became absolutely furious and he forced the earth to split open. This dude really wanted this girl. The river spilled over the cracked earth, sending the canoe into spirals. That must have been terrifying. Taruba was knocked out and tossed onto the embankment. Nipee was trapped inside and about to smash into the land below when my boy And now, a snack break. Today's episode is brought to you by Waterfalls. So I know TLC told me not to chase waterfalls, and in a sense, they're right. You shouldn't actually chase a waterfall because you're going to end up going over it and die. But I think it's okay to seek out waterfalls and go see the beauty of them. In fact, that's what travel's all about, is discovering new things. And because we're talking about Iguazu Falls, that's why I decided to make this episode brought to you by Waterfalls. So if you are a national park or somewhere that gives people tours of waterfalls or hiking areas to waterfalls, then you can be a sponsor on the show. Send an email to snack at and now. Back to the show. Nype was trapped inside and about to smash into the land below when Maboy changed her into a large rock. Actually, is this from Moana? This sounds familiar. Anyway, I don't know about that because I've seen Moana and this actually might be that story now that I'm thinking about it and reading this out loud. But anyway, let's keep it moving. So he turns her into a rock. Hope girl never got to get married, and now she's just a giant rock. That's upsetting. He said, it says, my boy changed her into a large rock so she wouldn't be able to run away. Talk about being held against your will. This story is terrible. <sighs> Taruba saw Nipee turn into this rock and tried to rush down to her, but his hands were pulled into the earth. So deep into the embankment that they turned into roots like a tree. And he actually turned into a palm tree and he was forever rooted to the earth above the falls. This was my boy's way of revenge, separating the two lovers by the enormous waterfalls so they could see each other, but never touch. This Maboy is the worst. He sounds terrible. So Maboy is said to lurk deep in the waters of the devil's throat, watching the palm tree and the rock, making sure that they never unite. Although Nypy and Taruba can never be together, they still manage to show their love by forming a rainbow, which starts at the palm tree, which is the man on the Brazilian side of the falls and it reaches over to the Rock of Nipe in Argentina. I guess in a sense that's very romantic and loving, but it wouldn't it be nicer if they would have been able to get married without this boy getting in the way. And now it makes kind of sense why they called it the devil's throat because he is a demon and he's the worst and he caused two people in love to not be in love because he was so selfish. Okay, I take my glasses back off and get back to the rest of my traveling stories. Okay, so that's the story of why it's called the Devil's Throat. Once you're in the national park, you still have to take this little trolley train all the way up to the top of these falls. And then once you get there, you walk along these bridge plank kind of things. And it takes you about a little over half a mile to get to this devil's throat it's a nice walk but you know i was in a hurry i kind of walked pretty fast i took a lot of pictures and then when you get there it really is magnificent i really wish they would change the name because it's just unsettling to me that's just the kind of person i am but when you get there you when you even before you even get to it you start to feel the spray the mist of the water on you right on your face because it's really so strong though the water's just like spraying up. So I had brought my rain jacket. The way that they have it set up, is like a platform where you can go and you can take a lot of pictures. And one thing that irritates me is there's a lot of people and there's only so much railing that you can stand and get your pictures. And you know, people, like they come from all over the place as I did from the United States. But you know what the thing is, you have to have common courtesies. So when you get there, you're supposed to go up to the railing take your selfies, you know, take a f- 10 or 15 selfies right quick, you know, and then move away from the railing so that other people can get in there. Do you think that happened? No. You see people that get there, they stand on the railing and they look out and they stand there for five minutes, instead of 10 minutes, just blocking so nobody else could get in there. And that's rude because everybody wants to get their turn. So I had a way because these two little millennial couples just Stood there just yapping and talking joking around and just whatever. I'm like bro move it along (sighs) So annoying anyway, I got my wonderful pictures. It was really worth it I think it was a great thing to see and it was really gorgeous I posted some Instagram stories and I was like guess where I'm at and some person was like Wakanda and I was like no, but that sounds pretty wonderful. But no, I was not in Wakanda, I was in Iwazu Falls. It was really beautiful. By the time I was standing there, looking around, getting slightly wet from the rainy mist of the waterfalls and just really enjoying it, I knew that I had to get back. So I took the almost mile walk back and then there was like a bunch of beautiful butterflies just flying around, it was really gorgeous. I feel like since I got such a late start in the day, I didn't really get to enjoy it that much. And I really wanted to come back the next day, especially since it was gonna be half off. But that was the day that I was—I had to leave to go to my next destination, so I didn't get to. So again, another place that I would definitely go back to. So once I got back to the area where the train was, I waited, but there was a huge line waiting to get back on the train. And I asked somebody, I was like, is this the only way out of this upper area? And they're like, no, you can actually walk. And it's pretty far, but I was like, you know what? I would like to exercise anyways, and I could probably walk faster than waiting in line because they only could seat so many people on this trolley. So I knew I was going to be there for probably at least an hour if I waited. So then I just decided to walk, and it was actually really nice. It was a very, very, very sweaty, humid day, but I still decided to walk, and I was really hungry too. So I, by the time I got into the main park area, I had known about this restaurant that I wanted to try ahead of time so I walked right in there it was a buffet which I didn't really know I thought that maybe they would have just a menu that's non-buffet so I sat there and I was like okay I want to order this she's like no we're only doing buffet right now and I was like okay Is she it was going to be like $20 I'm not the kind of person that can eat a buffet because I can't eat that much in one sitting I like food a lot but I never get my money's worth at a buffet so I was not going to spend $20 doing that The food smelled good though, but I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I was really hungry by then. So I ended up in a small little cafe and they had things like chicken nuggets and little weird pizzas and stuff. So I ordered the chicken nuggets and they like legitimately were like frozen nuggets that, that the guy put in a microwave behind the counter. They weren't even crispy, wonderful nuggets. They were nasty. I could choke a couple of them down and then I, I did something that I usually don't do and I got a Coke because Coke's awesome. Sometimes you just have to treat yourself. So I got a Coke, and that made me feel very happy. And by then, it was time for me to kind of get going out of the park. And so I was walking towards the entrance to leave, and I noticed these three little kids, they were probably like less than 10 years old, sitting in this kind of small little stage area, and they were singing in like, I don't know if there was their dad or their big brother playing the guitar, and they were just singing in these um, Guarani songs and it was really interesting so I took a video and of course they had a little basket so that you can put tips in there watching the video go to YouTube right now and watch the video um, but it was really cute so they sing the same songs over and over so I'm sure they get sick of it but it was really a cool thing to see and they want to support their families by doing things like this so it's always nice to give them a tip so I stood there for a little bit and then I went back outside and the bus was there in like five minutes so I gave them my return ticket they took me back and the greatest thing was that instead of taking me to the bus stop, they had to pass by my hotel. So I went to, very, to the very front of the bus and I tapped the guy on the shoulder I was like, could you drop me off here at this light coming up? And he's like, sure. So he like literally let me off right across the street from my hotel. I was like, yes. So I didn't have to walk the mile from the bus station back to my hotel. So that was a great thing. Well, that was an exciting episode all about Iguazu Falls, Argentina. Hopefully you got some fun facts and some great history out of that. And it was actually an interesting story. So if you like this episode, give it a thumbs up or leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you're listening on the podcast. And again, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and definitely come to YouTube and leave some comments because it's kind of weird for me to just be talking randomly and not hearing from you guys. So either hit me up on Instagram or leave a comment on this YouTube video. So I hope you decide to live courageously and love finds you every step of the way. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Travel Snacks Podcast. Please subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram at Travel Snacks Podcast and send a message by email to snack at travelsnackspodcast.com.